Hi, my name is Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries, and your host for Becoming His Vessel podcast. Often say in this thing called life, I may not always get it right, but my heart is to get it right. So my heart's desire is that this would be a resource for me as well as you, that we would be formed by God's Word, filled with Father God, and just poured out for His glory, truly becoming His vessel. We are walking through Holy Week this week. Some people refer to it as Passion Week, but it's the time that we celebrate the resurrected life, the life of Jesus Christ, what He did for us, and by giving His life for us. But we don't celebrate death, but we certainly think about the death. We look at the suffering and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and the cost of that. And in that, we remember, we remember what Christ did and how we are so grateful, so thankful that God reached out there and salvaged us. And the way back to God was through the death and the life of Jesus Christ. And so I wanted to look at this Holy Week a little different. And I want us to think about some key words, some key things that happened during Holy Week. That yes, we're going to think about this week. We're going to experience at our local church. We're going to experience back in our homes with our family. But I want to pull out some key things that did happen at Holy Week that I want us to remember going forth. Now, what do I mean by this? I don't know about you, but looking at Holy Week, I look at my calendar. We put various activities, events, happenings on our calendar. So we show up for different things, to remember what Christ did for us this particular week as we look at Scripture, read Scripture. But you know, for me, I wanted it to be more than just things on a calendar that I show up and I do, and that they will not only impact my life this week as I remember these things, but impact me going forth. Why do we remember all of this? It is key, and I believe it's critical, because I believe it's our life. As Christians, these things represent our life. So Holy Week began, what, Sunday, Palm Sunday. It's when Jesus made his triumphant entry back into the city of Jerusalem. And he did it with such humility. We know the story. The story of Holy Week is recounted in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we can read through those and we get the details. But Jesus came back into the city riding on a donkey. You know what that is? Here's one word I want us to remember. Humility. With all that was going on, with Jesus as the most important man that ever lived, As Jesus, who, totally innocent, died for my sins and your sins, he lived a life of humility. And he came back into the city to declare he's the king. He's the promised one. I mean, he's living out the words that were prophesied through Zechariah, Zechariah 9.9. And Jesus says, rejoice with all your heart. 
people of Zion shout in triumph. People of Jerusalem, look, it's the king. The king himself is coming to you. He's the righteous one. He's the victorious one. He's humbled and he's riding to us on a donkey. That is such humility that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, comes riding on a donkey. I mean, how many people, how many leaders do we have in our nation today that because of their role of authority, because of their status, would they come triumphantly entering into the city on a donkey? No, most come riding in on a very prideful stance. But yet Jesus came and celebrated. He was celebrated in all humility, and he maintained his humility. That is amazing to me. Even Jesus truly knowing who he was, everything that he stood for, he maintained humility. You know, for me, that is a prayer for me. I prayed that just this morning in my prayer closet. God, today, I willingly humble myself before you. And God, I need your grace to stay in humility. No matter high up on the mountain I get, God, no matter how low in the valley I go, I want to humble myself. I want to stay steady. I want to stay low. I want to stay down. Why? That's where God can use you. That's where greatness comes from. And we see that right here in the midst of Holy Week, that Jesus entered that week in an attitude of humility. And then we see one important thing that he did when he got to the city, Jerusalem. He cleansed the temple. He went in and he turned over the tables, the money changers. I mean, they were making a mockery out of the temple because they had turned what was holy into something that appeared to be unholy. And Jesus took his authority. He cleared the temple, but he went about too in the city healing. Here's the other word, cleanse. You know what that says to me? During Holy Week, Jesus gave his life. Although there was nothing in his life to cleanse, it was important to keep the temple clean. That's a reminder to us that as we walk through this week and we walk through every week going forth, we need to keep this temple, this holy temple, this body that we've yielded to the life of the living Savior because we believe in him. We've received him. We need to keep it clean. And that needs to be an ongoing thing. It's something that God requires of us. Why? So that we can live a life that is sacrificed to him and his glory, that we too could journey as Jesus journeyed, what? To live for him, to live for God, that wherever we go, we could be a living sacrifice. Then I want you to think about that as Jesus came back to the city of Jerusalem, and there he is cleansing the temple. You know what is amazing to me? That how steadfast, how steady, how focused he was on everything that he did. Walking through this week knowing. Why? Because he's God in the flesh. He knew all that was going to happen to him. He knew what was ahead of him. 
He knew that he would be portrayed. He knew that he would be falsely accused. He knew that he would be put on trial. Yet he prepared himself for it. Yet he put himself in that position, knowing that he was going to suffer, knowing that he was going to be wrongly crucified. But yet he did. Why? Because he knew all of that was necessary for his life. Jesus knew this because he knew something better was going to come from it. He knew this was his last week and that death awaited him. But something better, something good, something perfect was going to come out of this week. You know, that is another thing I want us to think about, that in the humility, when we walk through circumstances that we don't want, we're not rejoicing over, do we want to try to retreat? Do we want to run from it to try to avoid it? Jesus never retreated. He never tried to avoid it. It was almost like he embraced it. He walked willingly into it. Now, you know, for me, I'm sitting here thinking, how can we approach an unwelcome circumstance of suffering like that? You can when you know Christ. You can when you know that God is sovereign. You can when you know that God is going to make this better. You know what I say? Jesus obviously kept his eyes on the better. We got to keep our eyes on the better. That when we're walking through tough circumstances and it's no pleasure, it's no fun, and it's hard, and it's grueling, we got to keep our eyes focused on God and what the purpose is. And how can you do that? Because your heart is leaning into Him. Your heart's leaning into Him. So going through this week of Holy Week, going into weeks to come, that if we have found ourselves in a hard circumstance or we walk into a hard circumstance, I believe that God would want us to be prepared. Keep your eyes on Him and look for the better. Jesus knew that all of this, something, He knew it was going to be a lot better because here's Jesus. He gets there. Even the spiritual leaders, the leaders that should embrace him, the leaders that know the word, yet they are the one who were threatened by his authority when he came into the city because people now were following Jesus. And, you know, it's almost like there must have been this spirit of jealousy, spirit of competition that rose up within them. So what did they do? They didn't take the word to combat that. They took the ways of the world and the things of the flesh, and they rose up, took the matter into their own hands. And so what were they going to do? Devise a plan to get rid of Jesus. Isn't that the way we see so many things played out? around us. But yet Holy Week puts that back in front of us and yet presents us with the answer of holiness that that's not the life of a Christian. That's not the way we embrace it. Because what happens that these leaders, these spiritual leaders, they now go find a close friend of Jesus, who was that Judas, that would agree to betray Jesus. Can you even imagine here in Holy Week, knowing what Jesus had ahead of him, 
remembering that, yet someone very close to him, yet someone who he had put his confidence in, that he had entrusted himself to, now there's a breach of trust. And yet, while it's all unfolding, Jesus even knows this is going to happen. Have you ever been betrayed by someone close to you? Or have you maybe betrayed someone else? How do you deal with that? You know, our flesh rises up to protect ourselves, does it not? Our flesh rises up to defend ourselves. Our flesh rises up to say, woe is me. And then our flesh many times will rise up and say, revenge, I'll get even. But yet, what did Jesus do? In reading the scriptures, you just see where Jesus just walked through every bit of this. He didn't do one thing to stop it. He allowed it to play out. Why? Because he knew God was going to work it all for good. For good for Jesus, but good for you and me today. Even today as we're celebrating and remembering this, we are still benefiting from the way that Jesus handled the betrayal. He loved Judas, but he exposed Judas. But he knew that was what was right. That's what was righteous. Remember, how did he ride into the city, Jerusalem? Righteous. So what does that tell us? Everything Jesus did was righteous. It was his way. It should be our way. I tell you, if we betrayed someone, we need to get it corrected. We don't need to hide it. We don't need to run from it. We don't need to justify it. That's what this cross, that's what this Holy Week is all about. We need to get it cleansed. If someone has betrayed us, and yet there is bitterness in our heart, there is anger in our heart, there is ways of deceit that we're responding to someone, I, I will tell you, it's a slippery slope when we've been betrayed and we don't forgive. See, our heart will get bitter. Then we turn to anger. Then we start to hate. And, and hatred can manifest itself in a lot of ways. This week, I want you to think about this one word, betrayed, that Jesus was betrayed. Mm. But how he handled that betrayal was in righteousness. If you've been betrayed or if you've betrayed someone else, handle it in righteousness. Now telling the good that God can bring out of that when we restore our heart back to righteousness. And then another thing that we'll celebrate in Holy Week is communion. Having the Lord's Supper remembering what Jesus did for us. It's what Jesus did with his disciples. He had a last supper with his disciples, and he served the bread and drank the wine. What was he telling them? He was portraying to them what was about to happen, that he was going to give his body. It would be broken and given for him, and Jesus would willingly do that. And his, as they drank the wine, his blood, representation, 
that his own blood, the life, representing the life that he would give. Why? For them and others and you and me today. That's why we remember this during Holy Week. So we'll be having communion at some time during Holy Week. It's a time to remember. It's a time to come back into oneness with the Father. It's a time to remember that Jesus willingly gave his body to be sacrificed. He suffered for that, and he gave his blood that we might have life. But one thing that we must remember to do before communion is to cleanse. As Jesus gave the representation of coming into the city and cleansing the temple and keeping it holy before we have communion and remember what Christ did for us, we must cleanse this temple. Maybe it was portrayal. Maybe it's something else. We must search our heart. We must allow God to take that flashlight and search our heart that before we come to the communion table and remember this week what Christ has done for us, we come with clean hands and a pure heart. Now, let me say this. There may be this temptation to say, I'll come and I'll cleanse everything, but this over here where someone wounded me, someone hurt me, no, I'm not going there. I'll forgive everyone but that. I'll wait on them to get it right with me, and then I'll cleanse that part. Just think about Jesus. During this time, Peter, his close friend, close disciple, denied him three times. And he'd already told Jesus, I'll never deny you. Can you imagine? Yet that never stopped Jesus from giving his life, from paying from paying the sacrifice, from going through the suffering. Judas betrayed him. Jesus never held back from continuing to do what was righteous in all situations. And then, of course, after this time, what happens after the Last Supper? Jesus and his disciples take their trip to the Garden of Gethsemane. What was that all about? Let me tell you, the big thing that stood out with me is the prayer. Jesus wanted to pray with his disciples, wanted to pray intimately with his close disciples, but then ultimately, knowing that he needed to pray intimately with the Father, alone with the Father. As he waited for the final hour of death, Jesus understood the power of prayer, but on three different levels. See, remember prayer is the key to everything. Walking through tough times, heading to agony, walking through suffering, praying with people that you can trust, there's power in prayer moving in a little closer with just some intimate friends that you can entrust your heart to. There's times that you need to pray closely in a close circle. But then there are times it'll just be you and God. And you know what? That's okay. That's all right. 
to pour out your heart to God, to cry out before God. What did Jesus do? He agonized. God, if there's any way that you could take this cup from me. But Jesus, being God, he knew that. He knew that this is what was necessary, and he was willing to embrace it. So another word I remember during Holy Week that I want to remember going on every week from here on, prayer, praying with others, praying close help matters, but moving in close to the Father and staying close with the Father. Of course, then we know following this were the trials and Jesus was, he was beaten and they forced him to carry his own cross back through the streets of Jerusalem. Now, just think about that. Holy Week, when he first got there, he rides in on a donkey, triumphant ride. He's being celebrated. His last journey through the city, he's beaten, he's scourged, and he's dragging his own cross on his way to death. And Jesus willingly does that for you and for me and generations, however many, to come. Why? He knew it was necessary. Again, that is an act of humility. Remember that word going forth. Humility. We must stay humble no matter what cross we bear, no matter what comes our way. We must embrace it with an attitude of humility. And then we see that Jesus goes to the cross. His death on the cross as he is crucified. The word to remember is sacrifice. Did he deserve that? Absolutely not. Nothing about it he deserved. But he did that, again, for you and for me, because he was willing to sacrifice. This week in Holy Week, we remember the sacrifice. But I will tell you, every week going forth, we got to know life is going to require some sacrifices. And how do we embrace those sacrifices? Again, with righteousness. Why? Because the King of kings, the Lord of lords, always maintain righteousness. Why? Because he kept his life humbled. He looked into the eyes of God. He knew that everything was going to be better. And so as we die to ourselves and we carry our own cross and we sacrifice, we know that Saturday's coming. And what is that? It's all about life. All of this is about life. And I will tell you, this entire week, it's what has bombarded my thinking, captivated my heart. I will tell you, if I could stand on the rooftop and shout it to the nations, I would do it every week. It's about life. It's about life. Whether you humble yourself in all situations, you sacrifice your life, you, you maintain an attitude of prayer. You willingly cleanse your heart. It's all about life and life abundant. Oh, it's not about a joyful journey overflowing with happiness and exuberant and everything that's going to happen, but it's having the right perspective of life. That, to me, is what Holy Week is all about. It's remembering that this is truly about life. See, salvation is not just getting a ticket to heaven. 
It's about life and Holy Week. Remembering what Jesus did every step of the way. Embracing every step, never retreating, never turning back. So that we could have life. That we could live. Not wait till we get to heaven, but live now. Live now. And so this was just a reminder to me. And I wanted to share with you on this podcast. As we walk through this week. Remember these key words. Remember them. Celebrate them. Embrace them. Pray for them to be a part of your life. Why? This is how we have the abundant life. And then next week, I want to do something very special with you on the podcast. But my prayer that as we finish this Holy Week, it'll be such a remembrance spiritually of Christ, but it'll be a great remembrance of maybe us with our family and remembering together what Christ did for us. It wasn't just death on a cross. It was life that came forth from the tomb. Thank you for listening to the Becoming His Vessel podcast. If you'd like to receive more resources that would help guide you in becoming His Vessel, I invite you to visit our website at www.hisvessel.org. If you'd like to connect with me directly, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me by calling 334-356-4478. And my prayer is that you would seek to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength as you seek to become His vessel.